perfect night would be, I told them the truth. Beer and board games. They thought I was kidding. I was not kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 140 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am your host, Eric Walquist. Joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I am Jesse. It's Hump Day Wilson. Well, yeah, but it's Thursday when they're listening to this, Jesse. Yesterday was Hump Week Day. <laughs> shark yeah. Shark Week to Hump Week. Humpback yeah. whales all week. <laughs> Excellent. We're just we're just giving up the magic we're just t- revealing the secrets of podcasting. <laughs> we podcast the day before. Oh no. Jesse, how was your weekend? Uh, it was good. I saw you, and I mm-hmm. saw a friend of the show, Jordy, yep. and I saw both of your guys' wives, who right. also have names. And I saw your baby, and I held your baby for longer than I've ever held her before. Yeah, she's, uh, she's able to hold her head up, mm-hmm. which is a big plus when it comes to holding babies. Yeah. Because holding a baby that can't even support its own head is like, uh, <laughs> it's like holding a, like a time bomb or something mm-hmm. and you're just afraid you're gonna drop it and it's gonna explode you know it's like trying to hold a tether ball by the rope <laughs> and you know if you drop the, the tether ball everyone's gonna be <laughs> mad at you for yeah. a long time exactly. possibly an entire lifetime <laughs> that's all i'm thinking while i'm holding a baby is like don't drop this thing don't yeah, drop exactly. this thing <laughs> but like, now that she's able to hold her neck up and uh-huh. sit up and stuff and like grab on to your clothes or whatever it's mm-hmm. it's it's much it's a much more pleasant experience yeah i i just i always have an exit strategy i'm like in the back of my mind i'm always like if the baby slips this is how i'm going to spin my body so that i can break its fall <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i i get i get a little horrified that's why i like to sit down with the baby but then i always feel like the baby's just gonna pee on me mm, well that's what diapers are for i guess yeah, that's why, you know, we went to Disneyland and I mean, I'm not trying. I know that you're a new dad and I know that it's difficult because babies just poop. That's what they do. They're poopers. But like, uh, I couldn't handle the baby poop smell at Disneyland. Oh, there was a lot really? of baby poop smell. And it was then, overwhelming. Well, Lydia wanted to go on the submarine r- ride and I was like, that's just going to be baby poop t- like tunnels. You're just going to sit there and the smell of baby poop for 15 minutes looking at animatronic fish. I can't uh, do it. I'm not even aware of what the submarine ride is. It's a submarine ride. It's huh. like these we, – we never went on it when we were there. It's in Tomorrowland. You go in these submarines – and it used to be like uh, underwater fish and stuff and mermaids. And now they turn into the Finding Nemo submarine rides. So there's like Nemo characters. Mm. But it's where babies go. It's a baby ride. Oh, hence the baby poop smell. Yes. Mm. I see. Now see, you Elsa, got it. Elsa's poop doesn't smell too bad yet because mm-hmm. she isn't really eating solid food. Yeah. You always so, like your own flavor, buddy. 
The <laughs> no, see, it's not that. It's just like the breast milk only poop is pretty non-offensive. It's when they oh. start eating like bananas and grapes and stuff and prunes. Well, maybe that's when it gets stinky. Wow, you know the 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 properties of of lactated lactated milk are astounding to me. Uh, the other thing is, I bet a lot of that poop smell is actually just mom and dad letting it go. Oh, yeah, probably. I Because mean, they you, don't care anymore. Yeah. They're all stressed out. They're at Disneyland. They're hot and they're exhausted <laughs> and they're hungry and they're with a screaming baby and they're like, maybe the submarine ride will calm them down. And it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what? I have a fart. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> I'm a dad. <laughs> I'm a dad, damn it. <laughs> Well, enough about poop. Jesse, what are you drinking this week? I'm drinking poop. Gross. Oh, oh I'm God. Kidding. Um, I'm drinking the last little bit of a dirty gin martini, but mm. I have a, a can of Rainier for backup. Excellente. I am uh, I'm drinking the Stone Levitation Ale. I love this stuff. I think it tastes like black olives and I love that. Interesting. It's got a nice black olivey flavor. So it's a double olive themed. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? Exactly. Dirty martini, dirty ale teeny. Uh, uh, <laughs> and Jesse, who's this episode dedicated to? Uh, real quick, someone should make a brewery that's duct, like duct tape, you mm-hmm. know, like a ventilation oh, duct. Oh, I love it. I see where duct ales. Mm-hmm. Duct ales. Woo. Yeah. Um, so this episode is dedicated to none other than the fabulous Eric Walkwist. Oh, thank you. For doing the impossible, the double podcast. The double podcast. I, am do- I haven't even mentioned my other podcast on here. The, the guys over uh, at the Bald Move Network are laughing in my face because I think they're recording like six podcasts simultaneously right now. That's true. And they're watching a total of 14 hours of television a day. <laughs> but I am doing another podcast. Uh, it's... It's not a part of the Ball Move Network because it's pretty niche. It's only about the Seattle Mariners. And I know that I, I yak people's ear, ears off on this podcast uh, about the Mariners enough. So I was like, well, I'll just do it on my own podcast. So it's called the Sea Dog Press Box Podcast, S-E-A-D-O-G, Press, Press Box Podcast. And um, it just started up. We're going to do it every week. Uh, it's me and a guest host, and we're talking about the Mariners, and that's it. So... If you like the Mariners or you want to be a Mariners fan, um, give it a shot. Where'd you get the name Sea Dog? Sea Dog. Sea Dogs are the uh, is a is a hot dog with cream cheese on it. Oh, I didn't know that's it's, what they were called. Yeah, it's a Seattle tradition. Interesting. Yeah. See, I knew about the hot dogs. I just didn't know about calling them Sea Dogs. Yeah, they're called Sea Dogs. What now? What are the garlic fries called? Uh, they're called uh, Agricola fries. Okay, that's Ag- really confusing. Agricola fries. Agricola flies. Yes. Mm. Uh, but they're also called I Smell Like Garlic for Seven Days. <laughs> See, nothing – when I go to the Mariners game, like nothing gets me more – like whets my appetite more mm. than the garlic fries. But like the someone smell, in the man. row in front of you mm-hmm. gets them and they smell so good. And you're like, yeah. I want french fries. I want garlic and butter. <laughs> But then you eat them and you're like, oh, my tongue hurts. Yeah, they're not as – They're not good in practice. They're good in theory. Yeah, they're not nearly as good 
in uh, as you'd think they would be. And you, you know, you get the apple slices, but the they never they're never enough. I need like a whole apple if I'm going to eat that much garlic. You're literally eating like four cloves of garlic. Yeah, it sucks that they confiscate your apples when you try and get into the yeah into that's, the stadium. Well, you just got to hold them in your pants. I like to put them in my pants, smuggle them in. And then once I get past the security guards, I just whip them out and I go, how do you like them apples? Exactly. And then I take a bite out of it and then security tackles me. Mm-hmm. And then you squeeze it with your s- fist that's mm-hmm. so strong it just turns into applesauce. Exactly. <laughs> and you rub it all over your face. <sighs> Good times. Oh, manners traditions. Welcome <laughs> to the season, people. Uh, let's get to solicitor feedback. We got a great phone call this week. Uh Another call from St. Louis. Uh, go Blues. And uh, and here it is. Hey, Eric and Jesse. It's Heath Lynch from St. Louis. Called a couple weeks back. Decided to call again. Just tried to leave you a message. And I sucked it up bad and went way too long. So I'm going to try to speed this up. Um, one, thanks for doing the Lantern Cast a few weeks ago. And thanks for loving on the Blues. I appreciate it. Uh, you also mentioned Steven Jackson. Yeah, he's not with us anymore. He signed with the Rams, which sucks. I mean, wow, I'm stupid. With the Falcons, which sucks. I'm a Rams fan. Um, but we got Jake Long from the Dolphins, so that was a good pickup. I'm happy with it. Uh, you guys mentioned fantasy sports, fantasy football. Uh, I went on one in on this. How do we go about it? Is there a sign-up? Do you guys know what you're going to do? Because I think this sounds awesome. Uh, I know you guys being a big Seahawks fan. Aaron loves the Colts. It would be good. Um, and I don't know why you guys dig on or bash on talking sports so much. It's his own nerdy thing in a way, especially when he talks stats and like Moneyball. Don't feel bad about talking sports. Sports be good. Uh, you also said something about coming to St. Louis. This should be great. I think you should do it. All the breweries here are amazing. I'm personally a big fan of Schlafly. I don't know if you guys get that up in St. Seattle. Um, if you've ever heard of it, let me know. Uh, there's also a really cool place I would reco for you called the City Museum. It's literally a museum during the day, but at night it becomes a giant playground for adults. Uh, all the art sculptures, you can climb on them, and there's a giant bar there as well that you can drink while you climb around, and it's actually a ton of fun. Um, my question for you guys this week is I wanted to know about your local Seattle superhero. Uh, he's all over YouTube. I've heard him in news reports. That Phoenix Jones guy One. As Seattle reference, residents, what are you guys' thoughts on him? And two, have you ever run into the guy? Uh, hope to hear from you. And get off my back. Get off my back. Get off my back as well. Um, thank you for calling in. I, I, there's just so much to go over in that right. phone call. It's a plethora of greatness. What's your favorite part? My favorite part is the museum. I love the I love the idea of the museum. I love the idea of being able to climb on stuff. I also, for some reason, just realized that Stephen Jackson and Steve Jackson have the same name. You just realized this? I think I forgot it, and then because this is my favorite thing about all of football, <laughs> the entire thing of football uh-huh. is that the biggest, meanest, one of the best running backs in the game has the exact same name as the dorkiest guy who made one of the dorkiest board games ever <laughs> yes. it's hilarious that is true i think about it every time they talk about steven jackson <laughs> either one just imagine him uh as the running back you get cream uh-huh or imagine yeah. if steven jackson was making the munchkin <laughs> game 
And frag and everything. Oh, man. Speaking of Steve... Ninja Burger. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Ninja Burger. Um, And handoff is to the creator of Ninja Burger, Steven Jackson, who goes up the gut for five yards in a first down. Way to go. Chop that one up to Cthulhu Munchkin. Um, uh, So speaking of Munchkin and speaking of fantasy sports... Uh, I do want to touch on our our uh, bracket challenge that was set up by Roger Dotsey. Now we did we did the bracket challenge. We invited our listeners to be a part of it. We had a we had a solid showing of 10, 10 different people, um, which made me very happy. But a very interesting development happened. So you know, last time we did the check in, I was second to last, um, beating only Roger Dotsey, who was in last place. And uh, when all when all the dust settled, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, third place, baby, third place overall, and then uh, connect the dots right behind me in fourth place. Mm. But the winner was none other than Mr. Jacob Jones Martinez and his team, Jesse Loves Munchkin. Well, I do love Stephen Jackson running back for the uh, now the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. So there's that. There you go. Uh, and uh, and. So many people are excited about this fantasy football league, and we are definitely going to do this, guys. Yeah, so that's for sure going to happen. It, once it rolls around, we're going to be doing a great fantasy football league, and who knows? We may even be able to tie a podcast into it. I don't know. We'll just see. But I'm very, very excited about uh, about doing a personal arrogance fantasy football league. If there's one thing I'm good at, I'm, I'm terrible at fantasy baseball, but I'm actually pretty damn good at fantasy football. Maybe because it's a lot easier. I've never done it throughout a whole year well welcome to the jungle baby Um, i'm excited and then finally phoenix jones jesse your thoughts you know at first i thought he was a jerk and he like got in trouble for like macing some innocent people but then it turned out they were juggalos so it's like how innocent were they really and then uh there's like these videos of him like fighting dudes but like he knows the law enough that like the cops are watching the fight and being like he he has like the legal jargon to be like this is a fair fight between two consenting adults right. and the cops are just like yeah that's that's totally legal you can do that yeah apparently if you have a fight and both people agree to fight before the fight starts uh-huh. then it's just a fight and that's that's why people can't get arrested for boxing <laughs> but uh apparently he's actually a pretty competent fighter who just like picks on bullies and stuff but at the same time and, and drunk jugglers on the ave yeah, I also don't like him calling himself a superhero. More yeah. like a super zero. <laughs> yeah, I just think these guys have too much time on their hands. They have way too much time on their hands. And they're they're good enough to be able to bring, uh, beat up drunk guys, but not good enough to be able to win actual like professional fights. Well, the other part about this is that you know super, a superhero needs a supervillain. Like, that's what makes superheroes necessary. <laughs> right? I mean, without the Joker, Batman's just beating up muggers and stuff. Dude, that's that could get dark, though, if, like, someone killed his family. Well, there was that guy who came out as Seattle supervillain, but he was just, like, a like a theater nerd. Yeah, that's stupid. Like, if, if well, someone really took it to, like, a real dark place. But then, if, the super, if you have a supervillain in that regard, then the FBI steps in. <laughs> like, I don't that's know. That's a good point. Uh, this is the whole problem. You know, we Phoenix all Jones. This is our jurisdiction now. Yeah, we all love Batman a lot. We love. I love Batman. I love Batman. But for the fact of the matter is, the FBI is stepping in. 
like the second Joker shows up. That's a good point. That's never really addressed. No, huh? it's really not. I think that the, they live in an alternate reality where the FBI doesn't exist. Mm. Um, anyway, we have one more piece of uh, of listener feedback this week. Coming to us all the way from Germany. It's none other than our good friend, Dennis Kleinbeck. Dennis, please take it away. Hey, Eric. Hey, Jesse. Um, I just wanted to uh, send you a voicemail because... I'm actually going to the Star Wars celebration in summer. It's uh, in Essen, which is just um, half an hour away from me, uh, from where I live. And um, I just read that Carrie Fisher is coming, which is uh, well, so nice because, um, yeah, I mean, how many times you get the chance to meet Princess Leia in person? Um, yeah, and the guy who played Boba Fett will be there, and um, the Emperor himself. So, uh, I'm very excited. Um, I go with a few friends. Uh, yeah. So, I wanted to keep up the content uh, about Star Wars, uh, which you talked in the last week. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit confused right now. <laughs> yeah, get off my back, uh, have a nice cast, and... Uh, Get off my back, Dennis. Get off my back. And it sounds like uh, Princess Leia isn't the only one who's coming. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I like that Boba Fett can show up. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he didn't... He's, the, he's the only <laughs> cast member who could show up and, like, be a big star and, like, be a total badass or whatever. But then also be able to go, like, to the Starbucks and not be hassled. Right. He has he has a nice niche there. Once he takes the mask off, no one knows. <laughs> Nobody knows who he is. Well, also, a follow up comment: mm-hmm. the emperor is still alive. Oh yeah, the guy, the guy who played the emperor. Yeah, so the guy who played the emperor in the prequels is the same guy who played the emperor in the original trilogy. He was like twenty eight when he played the emperor. They just you put a bunch of makeup on. Kidding him. me? No, it's true. I had no idea. He's like in his twenties when he played the emperor the first time. That's he so put, crazy. Put a bunch of makeup on him, and then he was like just. Totally old enough yeah. when the prequels came out to act in it. Right. That's so nuts. I had no idea. Strike me down. <laughs> I love that line. It looks like his face is going to start falling off. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so, Dennis, you're going to a con. You're going to an expo. That means that you got to call in and do a Paxi's with us. This is true. Star Wars Con in... Uh, in in Essen, Germany. So please, once you go, let us know, and uh, and we'll we'll have you on as a guest host, and we'll 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 find the best, worst, and weirdest from the Star Wars Con. I love that idea. Yep. I also love the idea of renaming Essen X Wing. Oh yeah, perfect for for that convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Th- you know, there is a Vader Washington. I don't know why there isn't a Star Wars convention in Vader Washington. Hmm. Probably because the Vader Convention Center is just too small. Yeah, I don't like going there. It's where my father lives. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse. Let's, uh, I tend let's, to evader it. Uh, let's go ahead and roll a 20-sided die. <laughs> let's do a 20-sided die. Matt, little tiny Matt Roloff. We're each going to roll a 20-sided die to see who gets to speak first on the cast this week. And here we go. I wish it would fade away. I rolled a 9. I rolled a 14. Jeez, you've been killing me lately. I know. What am I? The Houston Astros? Am I right? Too soon. Too soon. Uh, So my first... I do love that the Mariners were like, 
we're so good at spring training, we're going to kick everyone's butts, and then, like, immediately brought back to reality. Oh, they're fi- they're they're at 500. There are a lot of teams that are in worse shape than they are right now. That, yeah, that everybody was including expect- my team. What's your team? The Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, the Brew Crew. They do have the best mascot. <laughs> I, I love don't know the- what their mascot is. Well, I mean, just their nickname in general. Like, they're oh, like, the oh, we make beer. Plus, they were the original Seattle team, the Pilots. I know that. That's why – that adds to my love for them. I think the Milwaukee Brewers are officially the team I root for. I really want the Milwaukee Brewers to play a game in Seattle, and uh, and then they do a turn-back-the-clock night, but the Mariners wear the Seattle Pilots' home uniforms and the Brewers wear the Seattle Pilots' away uniforms. That's pretty good. What do you think about the Seattle Mariners doing, being the Turks? I think that's awesome. It's so weird. They turned it back to 1908. It's, it's cool. That The hat is cool. They they were the Purple Sox at one time as well. There was a Seattle Purple Sox team. Um, I uh, I love Turn Back the Clock Night. Oh, what is this? The Sea Dog Press Box Podcast? Get it on iTunes. My <laughs> first topic is going to be about video games. Here we go. And this week, EA got voted the worst company in the world. Uh, Now, this happens. In fact, it happened last year as well. They're they're the second year in a row. They are are now the the worst company in the world. Voted on uh, by the readers um, (laughs) of something. (laughs) That sounds sounds like uh, some... Marvel group of yeah. like aliens that just observe <laughs> everything. Oh, I like the readers. that. Voted on by the readers. Uh, so they were voted the worst company in the world by the readers of the Consumerist. Uh, and this That's is a, a serious publication. It is. It's very serious. Uh, and you know, it happened last year. It's 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 not something new. Um, and EA has had some very public kerfuffles. Um, Last year, they they were chalking it up to the fact that uh, Mass Effect Three apparently had the worst ending ever, um, but also Diablo. I haven't played. Here's the thing. Here's all you have to know about EA and their intervention in Mass Effect. Mass Effect One, one of my all time favorite games. Mass Effect Two, re- disliked it passionately. Mass Effect Three, you didn't even play it. Yeah, just EA knows how to kill the property. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just a descent into disinterest. Right, and then and then there were the, the major the major uh, troubles with the SimCity uh, servers, and then going back to the Diablo three servers, and how yeah. Diablo three was really <laughs> screwed over, and then SimCity was really screwed over. So, in the wake of all this, the COO, the Chief Operating Officer Peter Moore of EA, decided to write a blog post on the EA website titled, We Can Do Better. I want to read through this blog post, and uh, and then we'll just do a little commentary on it. So you can stop me whenever you want, Jesse, and I'm going to stop along the way as well. Okay? Uh-huh. I'm going to read this in what I assume is Peter Moore's voice. Oh, God. The tallest trees catch the most wind. <laughs> That's an ex- expression I frequently use when asked to defend EA's place in the gaming industry. 
And it comes to mind again this week as we get deeper into the brackets of an annual web poll to name the worst company in America. This is the same poll that last year judged us as worst than com- as worse than companies responsible for the biggest oil spill in history, the mortgage crisis, and bank bailouts that cost millions of taxpayer dollars. The company again against us last year were our support. Oh fuck! <laughs> this is really difficult to read at this voice. I'm just going to read it. The complaints against us last year were our support of SOPA, not true, and that they didn't like the ending to Mass Effect 3. This year's contest started in March with EA outpolling a company which organizes, which organizers contend is conspiring to corner the world market on mid-price beer and Gulp allegedly waters down its product. That debate takes place in bars. Our audience lives on the internet. So no surprise that we drew more votes there. <laughs> because no one was talking about that on the internet. Yeah. Not about at all. the AB watering down their uh, beer, which <laughs> was also totally untrue. Yeah, but I mean, they, if how could they water it down anymore? I mean, Bud Light is basically water with this a little bit of beer in it. Well, they were being charged with misrepresenting their alcohol by volume, and mm. uh, that was totally groundless. Well, yeah, they just make for they make up for it with uh, cheap Russian vodka, just a couple drops in every bottle. Because <laughs> that's way cheaper. Uh, way cheaper. Um, <laughs> let me cut to the chase. It appears EA is going to win. Like the Yankees, Lakers, and Manchester United, EA is one of those organizations that is defined by both a legacy of success and a legion of critics, especially me regarding all of those teams. Mm, see, I'm going to disagree with that and mm-hmm. be like, you're more like the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Where you had exactly. some success in the 90s, but now you have a quarterback <laughs> who blows it every time you're in the playoffs. Yeah, and everybody still hates you, even though you're really not that good. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's actually, team, baby. That's actually a much better <laughs> comparison, Jesse. Uh, let's, let's get into this a little further, shall we? Um, are we really the worst company in America? I'll be the first to admit that we made plenty of mistakes. These include server shutdowns too early, games that didn't meet expectations, missteps on new pricing models, and most recently, (laughs) severely fumbling the launch of SimCity. We owe gamers better performance than this. Yes, you owe them better performance than terrible. That's basically... Those four things are like, our games aren't good, our prices are too high, uh, and we can't launch games correctly. That yeah. would that would be the mark of a terrible game company. I do like I cannot disagree with him when uh he says like you know, maybe we're not doing everything great, but at least we didn't spill a quadrillion gallons of crude oil into <laughs> the Gulf of Mexico. I'm kind of with him well, on that one. Well, also, uh, we weren't the banks that caused the world economic collapse. That's Apparently true. they're better than us. Well, this is all true, but it, it's all in your definition of worst. <laughs> it really is. Okay. So there's the whole idea of doing good and doing well. So uh, can you do well as a company? Can you make money? Can you make profits? But then can you also do good as in not pour billions of gallons of oil into the ocean? Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to be able to do well as a company first. Like that's what a companies are for. Companies are there to do well. They employ people, they make profits, and that's what companies do. 
Uh, doing good is is that secondary part where you can't even get to the doing good unless your company's doing well, right? So otherwise, you're not really a company. You're not really you're not really carrying out your duty as a company. Uh huh. So EA doesn't do well. Are don't they? Well, they do well financially, but they okay. don't. But they're they're. Their attitude toward the business is is what really troubles me. It's like this guy does obviously doesn't understand his consumer base because gamers are people who are very vocal, um, who have set up entire networks to either uh, applaud, if you look at all the stuff from Bioshock Infinite lately, or completely uh, d- destroy any company that comes along like if they agree with it they're gonna they're gonna really elevate that and make people make that better and if if they hate something they're gonna push it down which happened with SimCity on reddit i don't uh, well here's the thing man like i don't care how badly they botch SimCity; it's not gonna stop them from moving you know 15 million copies of madden 15 that's true that is true but this is the whole thing. This this is why it's it's like this guy just doesn't have any idea about what his consumer base is. Like his consumer. But I I think we're not his consumer base, though. Well, we the passionate geek are mm-hmm. not the consumer base of EA anymore. They're just they're selling the stuff that they know is going to sell no matter what. They're Madden's. They're uh, I guess. Just Madden. Well, Mass Effect Three <laughs> sold a bunch of copies. Yeah, they though, they like, sell games. They're doing well. They're definitely not doing good. But the only people who care about them not doing good are the minority of geeks who pay attention to this stuff. Whereas, well, if you look, the vast majority are just going to shell out their dollars. If you look at their AAA titles, uh, like their last three big AAA titles were, if you if you exclude Madden, were Mass Effect Three, Diablo Three, and SimCity. So, uh, are they on Diablo 3? Because I, I just looked that up, and I'm not finding EA connected to them. I thought they were. I, 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 I don't know. I, I just ass? looked them up on Wikipedia, and developer is Blizzard, publisher Blizzard. I don't know. I'm having a hard time finding an EA connection to Oh. Maybe I, maybe I just got it mixed up because of the server issues. I guess I'm the dummy here. Let me put on the dummy hat. You would think that Blizzard would have the servers pretty much worked out. <laughs> I know. Considering they have the world's largest MMO. Yeah. Well, regardless, I, all I'm saying is you have to, if you keep having this attitude toward your customer base, you're going to eventually fail as a company. And I think that that's what he doesn't understand. The reason why people are voting him the worst company in America is because he doesn't understand that his consumer base are the people who are voting in these polls and who can organize online – and these are the people that he needs to be appeasing if he wants to keep making money as a company. I think you're just going a little girl power on this one. Well. I don't think that's true. I think you could say the same thing about, like, if uh, if the banks keep acting irresponsibly and causing these economic uh, turmoils, then the American people are going to just remove all their money from the banks, and uh, then there will be no more banks. Or you could be like, you know, if uh, if – uh, BP thinks that they can get away with these huge environmental disasters, then uh, people are just going to stop buying their gas and then they're going to be out of business. But time after time... Well, just- the problem with that, Jesse, is that these are... Uh, 
gas and and money are two things that people kind of have to, are blindly tied to. You're not tied to J.P. Morgan, though. The, you, yeah, you have a choice there, and people they just don't care enough. That's true. I mean, I have a Chase bank account, and I'm not I'm not in a hurry to move anywhere else because it's a hassle. I'm I'm there, and I don't want to be hassled. But if I'm choosing between you know which product to buy when I go to the store, that I think that that's a little bit of a different thing. Yeah, but the I would say I would is, say that this is much more on the on the long lines of what happened to American car companies over the last twenty five years, where you had a consumer base, and then uh, these car makers kept trying to push their product while other competitors came in from the sides and were like, "No, we're actually going to offer fuel efficiency and safety." and cooler features on the cars and then all of a sudden they get overtaken by the Hondas and Toyotas of the world and uh and then they're they're sitting there holding the bag saying I don't know what to do well maybe if you listen to your consumer base and saw where the industry was moving and embrace that instead of trying to fight against it then you wouldn't find yourself in that problem but they don't have any competition for something like Madden that's true they don't have any competition for Madden and I don't know. There's other titles. They've worked themselves in a way to uh, get their sticky fingers on a bunch of titles that there aren't really an alternative for. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could say what you want about Activision. Activision is another you know evil empire company. But Activision actually listens to their consumers and puts out games that people like. Like Rock's, Rock Band 3. Yeah, or like Call Guitar of Duty. Guitar Hero Aerosmith. Yeah, or, or, or Call of Duty. Call a who? Yeah, call a hootie. Hootie and the Blowfish. Anyway, yeah. I just found that this whole thing really bad. It seems like he's really missing the point here. He's basically saying, you know, we're the Yankees and people are going to hate the Yankees no matter what they do. No, he's definitely missing the point. I I just hope we're not past the point of no return where they, they've become so prolific in the gaming industry that you, they're almost too big to fail. Yeah. And I buy a copy of Madden every four years. I buy it when the <laughs> graphics look too crappy. Yeah. But it's literally like when you, you get the list of the most selling video games of the year, it's like Madden on top. Yeah. It's well, crazy how much money they make off of stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's I think it's really lame that they're not just taking responsibility and saying, oh, yeah, maybe Origins isn't a good thing and we should just do all of our stuff through Steam. Or yeah. instead of forcing well, people to come onto Origins. Well, or, that's the thing is they saw Steam and they were like, ka-ching! Right. But <laughs> we need to do that. But why don't you just put your stuff on Steam? Like, it's this is something that Gaben said in, in his Nerdist interview. It's like, if you're just trying to copy whatever's popular at the time, you're already behind the times. You yeah. need to be looking 10 steps down the road and saying, what's going to be happening then? And then building that technology, not trying to copy what everybody's doing right now. I agree. That's why I got my electronic arts uh, brain implants mm-hmm. last weekend. Good. And I'm really happy about that. <laughs> oh, you didn't get the server upgrade. <laughs> nope, server's down. Uh, crap. It's 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 all it's an always on system, man. <laughs> anyway, Jesse, what's you your? You better first? not sleep, motherfucker. <laughs> what's your first topic this week? Uh, so, uh, for my first topic, I want to talk about something that I read it on Reddit. Tusked whales, narwhals, the unicorns of the sea. Extra, extra, Reddit on Reddit, Reddit on Reddit. And that's the way it is. So, uh, speaking of the future of distribution and 
uh, basically uh, money on the internet is the Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, the Bitcoin. Off. So yeah. Bitcoins are these crazy digital currency things. Mm-hmm. That it's a commodity that you can buy, but the commodity right. exists only on the internet. Right. And you, you have to buy into it with obviously non internet books. And mm-hmm. it's a fluctuating uh, commodity based almost entirely off of consumer confidence. Right. It's just like any other currency. I mean, you can trade it basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you can trade it for goods and services and, and like you, assassinations and cocaine or what right. have you. You can and you can buy low and then it'll appreciate and you can sell it high. Yeah, and the the thing about Bitcoin is it's a finite amount. Like they mm-hmm. don't keep uh you know printing new bitcoins. There's a right. fixed amount of them, which is very similar to what happens in, with the U.S. dollar. I mean, that's why Obama can't go print you know. For seventeen trillion dollars, and then just pay off the debt with it because it would plummet the do- the value of the dollar. He actually could. He could legally, but it, but it would plummet the value of the dollar. That's why they don't do it. I read this article in like Wall Street Journal or something about how he could, uh, like print a one trillion dollar coin mm-hmm. and pay off the debt with it and that it wouldn't actually affect the economy i don't know how it works but smarter people than me said that it was possible well yeah there was a whole trillion dollar coin thing yeah regardless so the bitcoin has become like a really uh fluctuating in value currency uh-huh. and in u.s dollars uh it plummeted in one day, down from two hundred sixty-six dollars from, uh, down from two hundred sixty-six U.S. dollars to one hundred five dollars in one day, Ugh. which is a pretty big drop. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It, it's making everyone cautious of buying these things. But then you compare it to apparently the price for bitcoins in January was fifteen dollars. Uh huh. Yeah. So so now after the huge drop, it's at a hundred and five dollars, but right. that's up from fifteen dollars earlier. Yeah. And it it's like this huge boom bust cycle. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, what I I read about it is since it's a finite amount, people start buying it, and the price keeps going up. And there was this one uh, post on Reddit uh, a couple months ago about a guy who invested thirty thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Right. It, like he just he got a loan and bought bitcoins with them, and uh, so like the value keeps going up. People start buying them, but people are hoarding these bitcoins. So since no mm-hmm. one's using them, right, the actual value of them drops. Yeah, because they're 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 appreciating in value so quickly that nobody wants to spend them. Exactly, it's like the Sacagawea dollars when those first came out. Right. Everyone hoarded them because they mm-hmm. thought they're going to be valuable someday. And now, uh, you can't barely use a Sacagawea <laughs> dollar without someone giving you a funny look. Exactly. Because they're like, "Why are you trying to use this uh, non-effective currency that yeah. we're trying to forget about?" Whenever I go into a store with my coin belt <laughs> and you know chirp out seventeen Sacagawea dollars and lay them on the counter, they they'll take them. But uh, I'm going to get some flack. You're going to get some looks. Exactly. But, yeah, apparently it's like economists are predicting like this boom-bust cycle in bitcoins because of Mm -hmm. the finite amount of them. Yeah. But, I mean, 
as we progress to a society that values digital currency more and more, perhaps they will actually go up. It's interesting because, you know, it's so much easier for an international seller to just accept Bitcoin so that they don't have to worry about any currency exchange or changing prices or anything. Right. Although the the Bitcoin does change in value now, it fluctuates like crazy. But if it could ever if it could ever stabilize, it would be a lot easier for an internet re- retailer to use that. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I heard it was a like a super safe uh, transaction because of like right. the way that when you spend one, it's like encrypted a certain way that's like hard to get screwed over on it. Yeah, and then let's. I mean, we could talk about this. There's also the dark underbelly of bitcoins which is that they are used for online drug sales and mm-hmm. also for the occasional assassination. That's fine. Those are all fine. <laughs> it's not hurting anybody. Okay? Uh, it's not like the uh, U.S. dollar's reputation has never been tarnished by an occasional <laughs> drug purchase. Yeah, I mean, this is just, it's, it kind of seems like this is something that the Internet hasn't figured out yet. Yeah. They haven't figured out how to run their own currency yet. Do you think that in maybe uh, 15, 20 years that there will be like an international internet currency like Bitcoin? Do you think think it could be Bitcoin? It it could be Bitcoin, but it makes sense that that the world would have a singular currency. Mm -hmm. I wonder – I would love to talk to an economist because I'm sure there are some big problems with that. But – and I know that they've had some problems with the euro in Europe. But uh, but it it makes sense for all of the world to have a single currency, mm-hmm. um, at least online. Because, like I said, digital retailers that way they don't have to worry about if somebody's paying in yen, then they could just you know it's it's just an automatic straight up price for everything. I often think about if there was an alien attack on Earth, a mm-hmm. la Independence Day, like how quickly would the Earth unify and like have one government like one culture one currency all that good stuff because you know we have to unify in the face of a foreign threat Mm -hmm. in that case who do you think would be on the (laughs) the future currency pictured i'm thinking will smith obviously right and i'll say welcome to earth on the (laughs) on the dollar Uh uh-huh him with a cigar in his mouth maybe uh um, Arnold Schwarzenegger from his Predator days. Yes, he has to have a pun like, <laughs> "I don't buck around." That's perfect. <laughs> Who else would be good for this? Um, well, you know, we you, you're forgetting the the president himself, um, from Independence Day. Yeah, I'm forgetting the actor's name. Yeah. Uh, my brain is not working tonight. Mm. Oh, Jean-Luc Picard? Jean-Luc, yeah, why not? Yeah, and Kirk. Kirk, of course. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Oh. Not only is he the president of Independence Day, but he's also the president in that new uh, sitcom. Yeah, that's true. What if it was Bill Pullman and Bill Clinton giving a high five? Oh, I love that. On the five. The Mm -hmm. $5 bill. Oh, yeah, high five, baby. It's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this is like you would think that it would be based off of the American dollar just because. And of, Bill Paxton. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bill Paxton's got to be in there, too. Yeah. Um, that, and, and Jeff Goldblum. But that's not no, Jeff Goldblum. No, no, that's on the bill. That's the $5 bill. Right. All three bills. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. 
But I want Jeff Goldblum on there, and not Jeff Goldblum Independence Day. I want Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. That Chaos makes theory. a little less sense. Chaos Theory, baby. <laughs> um, you got me with that one. Gotcha. Uh, I, I, I. I mean, you assume that it would be the U.S. dollar because of the U.S.'s place in the world. I mean, you could pro- possibly see, um, you know, Chinese currency taking over as as the world currency. About the euro, though, I mean, they they have the experience when it comes to multinationalizing. They do Europe. the European Central Bank. I wonder, but I'm though, just I'm just wondering about GBPs, baby, because it's yeah. pretty much the most valuable currency in the world. That's true. So that's, that's what I always think about. Again, apparently, I'm doing a lot of thinking, mm-hmm. but good. obviously, I'm not because it's just about stupid stuff. But like. <laughs> We we spend all this time talking about like the Wall Streets and like national economies and like trading and tariffs and everything. And I just feel like if people just worked more uh-huh. and made more stuff, uh-huh. then we would all live better. If people worked more and made more stuff. Yeah, because then we would have a bunch of stuff. Like if <laughs> instead of making like your job is to make a hundred things – just make 200 things instead and then everyone gets twice as much stuff for the same price i don't understand what you're going with this this is the gdp thing okay because that's what your gdp is is basically how much stuff is your country making oh so you just split it in half and then you're making twice as much no you make twice as much stuff and then your gdp goes up times two. Oh. Okay. i just think we need to make more stuff so yeah, see, when I said G, I didn't say GDP. I said GBP, the Great British Pound. Oh, I thought you were talking about gross domestic product. No, the Great British Pound. Because mm. um, that's it's worth like a lot of, like, I, it astounds me that like some dudes in a Cockney gang in South London, uh, if they have $5 in their pocket, they got, if they got five pounds in their pocket, they got 10 bucks in their pocket. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me. Like, if I lived in England, I would just buy everything in America and have it shipped over. It'd still be <laughs> yeah. cheaper. It's like half price true. everything. I was going to ask, uh, what's the most stable currency? But I think it probably is the the pound, the British pound. Well, at one time, a pound was like $5. Now it's only like $2. Really? Yeah. If America's catching up on you, that's a bad sign. Well, Canada caught up to America, so how do you feel about that? Maybe, th- maybe that's what the the future currency should be is the the stable Canadian uh, Canadian dollar, dollar there. Eh? Loonies and toonies, baby. Yeah, loonies and toonies. Shove off your hoser. Apparently, they're getting rid of the toonie, which kind of bums me out. What? Yeah. Where did you hear that? Some Canadian told me that. I hope that is a malicious lie because the toonie <laughs> is a fantastic piece of currency. It really is. It's uh, a sil- it's a gold coin encased <laughs> within a silver coin. Yep. It's De- deal <laughs> what with could it. you want? Anyway, man. So what's your final word on, on bitcoins? Uh buy low, sell high, I guess. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's move but don't, on. Don't count on them for your retirement plan, for God's sake. I don't know. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to trivia this week. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, we're going to be doing world domination, which I'm very excited about. I like this world domination set. We can actually get a, a, a thing right every once in a while with it. It's all or nothing. Um, so I just rolled Australia, Jesse. Do you want me to roll again? 
Let's just, let's let's give it another. Let's give it a fair shake. All right, we're going to be heading to the continent of Australia, which is really where most of our fans are, apparently. Yeah, Alice Acor- Springs, baby. According to Facebook, our number one fan community is in Alice Springs, Australia. So, mm-hmm. shout out to I- AS, baby. I'm just saying Lubbock, Texas needs to step up. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's amazing to me how global our podcast has become. Like two random dudes from Seattle. And we got like a dude consistently calling it from Germany. And we got people in Australia who are like, it's so crazy to me. It really blows my mind. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, the internet's a great place. Um, Just give us your bitcoins. Give us your bitcoins. Jesse, this question is for you. Who was Western Australia's... Last 20th century labor leader. <laughs> Ned Kelly. Ned Kelly. That's a good one. I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to go with Steve Irwin, man of the Crocs. Uh, Dr. Carmen Lawrence. Uh, second guess. Good old Carmen. Where in the world is Carmen Lawrence Diego? He's in San Diego. Duh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this one's for me. What does APEC stand for? A-P-E-C. I'm going to go with the Australian people excommuting crocodiles. Excommunicating <laughs> crocodiles, sorry. I like it. Uh, Australian Petroleum Exportation Committee. The Australia Pacific Economic Cooperation. Mm, <laughs> Co- was- cooperation. <laughs> it's a co op, it's, it's, so it's uh, member owned. It's the co op, baby. Oh, this is – we got to go to Australia, man. Uh, okay. Um, What year did Lindy Chamberlain's daughter go missing? The good old L- Lindy Chamberlain. Uh, I think this might be the uh, the dingo ate my baby thing. Are you serious? I think so. Oh. It, this question's for you. Oh, 74. I'm going to go with 78. 1980. Oh, oh, so close. So close. <laughs> All right. This one's for me. What percentage of the Australian continent is populated by 84% of the population? <laughs> 84%. What percent of the continent is populated by 84% of the population? Uh, I'll just go with the good old... I'll go with the good old 8%. I'll go with the good old 1%. Oh, you got it, Jesse. It had to be, right? Apparently, 84% is the 1%. If you live on the Outback, you are the 99%. You are the 16%. Right. (laughs) Well, Jesse, with one to nothing, you win this week. I think Australia trivia really... Needs uh, to be retired. Yeah, I think that... (laughs) We need the the guys from Alice Springs to call in and... (laughs) It'd help us out. We should have phone Alex. Alice Springs should be like our lifeline for that. <laughs> it cost us $92. Right. All right, Alice Springs. They're like, oh, it's 1990, you fucking moron. <laughs> it's 3.30 in the morning. Why are you calling me? Oh, I love it. Um, oh, it's my turn. My second topic this week is going to be about science. How much would you pay for the universe? Now there's two kinds of volcanoes. Some that ooze molten rock. And others that explode. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, 
Is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Is it survival more important or sex? <laughs> And not just about science, Jesse. We're talking University of Washington. Oh. I'm very excited about this. Can I just say something real quick? Sure. I let tell me if this would be in bad taste or not. Okay. Uh but my boss uh went to UW and so his daughter has like a lot of UW gear. Mm-hmm. And I planned this goof. Mm-hmm. Or the next time I see her, if she's wearing UW gear, being right. like, hey, boss, are you worried about your daughter's weight? And him be like, what? And then me being like, because it looks like she's a little husky. That's funny. Okay. I yeah. didn't know if that would be too mean. That's funny. That's not even mean at all. It's just a pun. Okay. Uh, for anyone wondering, UW, University of Washington, <laughs> yeah. are the Huskies. They're Go the Huskies. on, Eric. They're the Huskies. That could, that could make no sense to some people. That's true. That's just a pun. All right. And you're not saying it to her. And even if you were, then the whole joke is alleviated with the punny finish. <laughs> I think that's funny. Okay. It's punny and funny. Oh, Jesse, before we get into this, can you go into your pun dream that you had? Oh, yeah. Please, because this literally blew my mind that your mind works in this way. So I woke up in the middle of the night and um, I just, I had this idea that came to me in a dream of a a pair of boxer shorts. Right. uh, That you would wear. Right. And they're named after uh, the Cardinals point guard. Mm -hmm. Kevin Ware. Who broke his leg, the compound fracture guy, Kevin right, Ware. Right. So the boxers would be Kevin Underwear. Right. Pun one. And then, pun, and then um, right on the fly of the boxers would be where his shin is. And then when you get a boner, your boner pops out of it. And uh, you have a little compound fracture boner. Right. You have a bone sticking out of his leg. Uh-huh. Double pun. And you just yeah. thought about this while you were sleeping in a yes. dream. It's kind of weird. How do you think of double puns in a dream? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a scientific anomaly. <laughs> Another scientific anomaly is how do we get to the Mars planet? <laughs> how does that Dr. happen? Seifel. Right. How do we get to the Mars? Just put some vinegar on it. <laughs> Why don't you think of that? Uh, NASA has uh, decided to throw 600 grand at uh, some UW researchers, some University of Washington re- researchers here in Seattle. Why, you ask? Because the uh, the guys down here in UW say, oh, yeah, we can get you to Mars in 30 days. Nice. One month to Mars. I think Philip K. Dick. No, that was, uh, that was definitely Bradbury. Um, Apparently, a use, using exist, this is a, this is from John Slew, who's a UW research associate. He says, using existing rocket fuels, it's nearly impossible for humans to explore much beyond Earth. Um, we are hoping to give us a much more powerful source of energy in space that could eventually lead to making interplanetary travel commonplace. Nice. Now, this is where it starts blowing my mind. Um, first of all, it's called a fusion-driven rocket, which... Uh, its initials are FDR, which I like. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a 150-ton system. I don't, I don't think that bodes well for uh, 
shortness, brevity. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a it's a 150 ton system that uses magnesium to compress lithium or aluminum metal bands around a deuterium tritium fuel pellet to in initiate fusion. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm very happy that I wrote that whole sentence by myself. Pretty standard stuff so far. Just spell it out. Uh, the resultant microsecond reaction forces the propellant mass out at 30 kilometers per second and would be able to pulse every minute or so and not cause G-force damage to the spacecraft's occupants. Mm, 30... That, that's good. 30 kilometers a second. That's insane. Can you imagine going that fast? Well, that's just how fast it's coming out. But I right. guess in space, in a, yeah. in a equal and opposite list. reaction, baby. Yeah, yeah. That's thirty. That's thirty kilometers a second a minute. Yes. So, like, you don't slow down. Every minute, you're going thirty kilometers a second faster. It goes. Yeah, it would perpetually go faster. Yeah, because there's nothing to slow you down. Oh my god! It just it blows my mind. I can't imagine going that fast. Like that would literally put you from. Seattle to Los Angeles in like less than a minute. Yeah, but it it wouldn't work in an atmosphere. Yes, you would die. I wonder what is different about this that means there's no G-force damage. I don't know. Apparently it's the pulse or something. Because mm. it happens in a pulsed rate, so there's no G-force damage. I don't know. I don't think that they've ever actually put a human at 30 kilometers per second and <laughs> seen what's actually happened to them. Um, but it's interesting. Uh and uh, so this is a pretty cool project. It's happening here in Seattle. Um, 30 kilometers a second. It, you get you to Mars in, in a month. Um, uh, the the month-long trip, you'd have three days of engine operation to get the spacecraft up to speed and then another three to slow it down uh, into orbit around Mars. Mm. You got you to gotta ease up and ease down out of it. Yeah. So uh, – so the government's funding this, which is another cool thing. I mean, NASA's actually spending money on this thing. Guess how much they're throwing at this? A month to Mars. $600,000? Yeah, 600000 $600,000. Did I already say that? No, that was a wild guess. <sighs> it's, uh, you know, $600,000 to be able to go to any planet in the solar system. Well, <clears throat> yeah, so far just to Mars. Here's the thing, like, when they invented the Constanoga wagon, right, and we're like, we're gonna be able to get you to the Oregon territory in like eighteen months. People were like, "That's so fast. Mm -hmm. That is super duper fast." And uh, I, I just, I just want to know, like, in the future, what they're gonna <laughs> think about us being like, right. "Man, it would have taken forever." Ever to get from Earth to 30 days? Can you imagine? <laughs> I would have died from boredom. <laughs> or and like, you could do anything. Can you, you could, can you, you imagine? Could even super tweet. <laughs> can you imagine that uh, it used to take them two hours to fly from the northern part of the country to the southern part of the country? <laughs> <laughs> or even worse, like. Some people just getting to work, they would spend like 45 minutes right. a, a day, each way. Each way, can you imagine? Before teleporters. But this is the crazy thing to me, Jesse, is that, you know, more and more we are living in science fiction. This is very true. 
I mean, it's like it's so weird how it creeps up on you, and then you already, you know, it's a Louis C.K. thing of like, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, everything is great and nobody's happy. Right. It's like not only is like your cell phone just talking to a satellite and then coming down and pinpointing another human being that you specifically want to talk to in less than a second and then connecting you to that person. Not only is the data of my voice traveling through the air to my modem and then getting to you, Jesse, two hours away by car uh, instantaneously and then you're able to respond to that back to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It, I think it's pretty commonplace, and if it doesn't work, what's going on? We live in a dystopian future where if a company botches a video game release, they're considered <laughs> worse than a company that spills billions of barrels of oil into our precious, precious <laughs> ecosystem. Yeah. It just blows my mind. And then the other part about this is, like, you know, you watch movies like, like what? when does Alien take place? Alien takes place in, like... 1983. Yeah, I think it doesn't uh, – or no, Prometheus took place in like 2071 or something. I think it took place in the 2070s, which is only 60 years away. And, you know, it's always funny. Like Back to the Future 2 is supposed to happen in three years. Um, still waiting Predator on Predator 2 is like 1999. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, feasibly, you know, they're they're looking at getting this thing up and, up and ready to go in 2020. So feasibly – in, by 2030, we could be very far along on a colonization of Mars, and it's incredibly feasible at this point. Yeah, there's still the, again going back to like the Oregon Trail thing. It's like it's a one way trip. Like you're not coming back. Yeah. Have fun with your new life. Try not to rebel and start a new society and fight us in the future, please. <laughs> yeah, the Martians are us. <laughs> it were yeah, the worlds. Man- it were the worlds. The Martians are us. Manifest Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the name of the capsule. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It just blows my mind. It really blows my mind. And this stuff, uh, like, to be able to send humans in a vehicle at 30 miles, at 30 kilometers per second, that's just incredible to me. It's mind-blowing. I can't even wrap my head around that. And What yet, if you hit something, though? Yeah, you'd have to have a shield on the front. What if you hit, yeah, you hit a little bit of space debris. Right. Yeah, you'd have to have some kind of shield. Mm. Um, but, I mean, it's just, it really just blows my mind that, like, these things, like our iPhones in our pockets or whatever. I mean, the fact that in less than 100 years we have these digital microphones that you just speak into them and then they're able to convert your voice into a into binary code and then send it, like, it, it blows my mind. Um, and it just sneaks up on us, and now we're here, and everything's amazing, and ev- nobody's happy. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy Good. the more that I reject technology, though. I'm like yeah. a neo-Luddite. Yeah, I mean, go, just go off the grid, man. There's just I'm a neo-Luddite about, with a podcast. There's something about hiking up in the mountains and being away from everything that's amazing. It's an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, Jesse, what's your second topic? Well, I want to bring us back down to Earth real quick, (laughs) Um, and I want to talk about beer. Specifically, I want to talk about uh, one of two things that uh, I think it was Benjamin Franklin said were guarantees in life, death and taxes. Right. 
So uh, basically, three years ago, um, for breweries that were over 60,000 barrels in Washington State, the tax went up from $8.08 per barrel to $23.58. Wow. So a, a triple-fold increase on yeah. taxes. But that mm-hmm. was for um, breweries only exceeding 60,000 barrels, uh-huh. which is essentially Red Hook. Right. It's basically, you know, it was Maybe like pyramid, the, pyramid the Washington or... State income tax thing that was Bill Gates' uh, dad saying, tax my son, please. Uh-huh. This was like a, a special law that really only hit Red Hook, which is kind of bogus. Yeah. Although Red Hook's doing fine. Yeah, they're doing fine. They can absorb the blow. Um, So that is set to expire, but uh, the Washington State Governor Jay Inslee is uh, extending it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bill passed to extend it. But not only is it extending in time, it's extending to all breweries in the state. What? Which means every brewery is having a threefold increase on taxes paid. Per barrel, huh? Which is pretty crazy and could be severely uh, damaging to Washington's craft beer. Yeah, currently well, a booming industry, it could really just pull the rug out under the entire industry. Do we really want Portland to to just take it? I mean, they they they've already they already have the lead in microbreweries. Uh-huh. Do we just want them to completely take it over? Yeah, that's the crazy thing, too, is, like, it only applies for beer produced and sold in Washington, so Oregon is exempt from the tax. Huh. So Oregon breweries are able to sell their beer for cheaper here, and Washington breweries could sell their beer for cheaper out of state. I don't like that. So you're yeah. saying that if they if they brew it and sell it in Washington, then the tax applies. But if they brew it in Washington and don't sell it here, then the tax doesn't apply? Exactly. Oh, no. Isn't that crazy and weird? I'm feeling bad. So I, I did like a I did a calculation mm-hmm. on the beer that I brewed today. I brewed 15 barrels. Right. So the extra, the extra tax on that was like $215. Okay. For just the beer that I brewed today versus uh, as much beer that I would brew if this, you know, tax was passed. Mm-hmm. And that's like way more money than I make for that day. So it's like Aww. you could you could hire like more of me, but instead you can't because of the tags. I don't know. It's just crazy, man. It's interesting because you know. Also, I, I could have a raise, but now I don't get to have it. I'm I'm generally on the tax side, but yeah, this seems like uh, it's more of an attacks than yeah, an atta- than that's a tax. The thing, like the. The Jay Inslee government's trying to balance the state budget, which is fine, but it's just like, well, uh, beer is a luxury item, and in fact, it's a well. It's, it's also, one of those things. It's like alcohol and cigarettes. You right. know, tax them to hell, and no one really cares. It's a temperance thing. It really does go back to the temperance movement. But the yeah. other part about this is that the state liquor board is very close to figuring out the rules around selling marijuana recreationally. So you're yeah. going to get a flood of taxes in from that. Once that is once that's established, and I think the deadline for that is like June for those rules to be established and that stuff to start being sold. So I don't know. That's just yeah. a bummer, man. Yeah, it's pretty nutty. There's I a don't couple know. things because it's either going to stop breweries from expanding or it's going to just raise all the prices on beer, 
or yeah, both? It's, it's going to raise the prices like 50 cents a six pack, which, you know, no big deal. Yeah, but it's not a huge deal. I was thinking it would raise it like a dollar or six pack. It, it all it all tax on and it's going to increase the price uh, at the at the bar. But the real damage is that, you know, people, the bar owners are going to see the cheaper stuff coming in from Oregon yep. and buy that. Wow. That's really Wait, weird wow. to put yourself at a disadvantage within your own state. I don't know, man. It's it's just when it affects the things that you love. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> you could always be like this tax. I don't know. It, it's just like how it affects your political disposition when it is closer to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like taxes are good because they pay for all this other stuff. And then when it affects you, you're like, ah, the government libertarianism yeah. forever <laughs> yeah i don't know this is interesting um yeah i it's interesting to me because like i am i'm the type of person where like with with cigarettes i'm kind of on the side of taxing just because um if i'm drinking a beer next to somebody it really doesn't affect them <laughs> but if i'm like sitting next to somebody and smoking a cigarette it could have an adverse effect to them yeah, I I also feel like cigarettes are worse for you than drinking as long as you can yeah. keep your shit together. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I guess it's just compulsive behavior is, is destructive no matter what. Right. But it's like a – and Washington is known for its beer. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's this one of the things the, that Marxist, the bosom of the budding craft beer industry. It's a, Yeah, it's the Pacific Northwest for sure. I mean and you go to other places. You go to – uh, you know the East Coast, and you realize that we are totally spoiled. That every you go to any bar in Seattle, and every beer on tap is a microbrew, right? Like it, that just doesn't happen, right? I don't know. It just kind of bums me out. Yeah, no, it, it's it's a crazy thing. So, is there anything we can do, Jesse? You can write a letter to Jay Inslee and tell right. him he's a butthole, or you could be more constructive. You could tell him that his policies are those of a butthole. <laughs> Oh man! Well, it's a bummer, dude. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, I, I mean, it's kind of up in the air whether or not it's going to actually take effect. But if it's if the basically if you're in Washington and you don't want to see the craft beer industry take a big hit, mm -hmm. then you probably should contact uh, Jay Inslee, Washington State Governor. You the, know, the we real don't get, victims we, though are like the the smaller you get, the more right? you're gonna feel this tax, which is the, tax. the sad yeah. part. It's, and there's a bunch of nanos cropping up, people working on one barrel systems, and yeah. they really can't afford that. It, it might not seem like much, but like sixteen dollars off of your labor is yeah. actually pretty significant. Yeah, when you're working on a one barrel system and trying to, you know, just brew on that every day. Well, you know, we may not be able to agree on every political issue on this show, and we try not to bring politics into it, um, you know, too much. But at the same time, I think we can all agree on beer. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Beer is good. Beer it up, bros. Beer party 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's our slogan is beer it up, bros. Beer it up, bros. <laughs> any other beer news? No, that's it in beer news. Uh, that's 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 the big thing. It's a bummer, um, man. That's a big bummer. It's a beer hopefully, bummer. Hopefully everyone survives the shakeup. It, it was just crazy when I when I realized like the tax the, the potential tax on the beer I made today was 
significantly more than my wage for the day. Yeah. It's like we could hire another dude. And that's not the type of thing that it's not like it's your wage for the week. It's your wage for the day. So, and that's what you made in the day. Yeah. So every day you're paying more taxes than you can give to a worker. Yeah. Which is kind (sighs) of shitty. I don't know, man. Beer, beer twenty twelve, beer twenty seventeen. Especially when you look at where those taxes are going. <laughs> well, we don't need to get into this, Jesse. Ron Swanson for life. Ron Swanson, give me all the eggs and bacon you have. Um, egg, bacon, and beer. He's more of a of a Scotch man. That's true, but I, I'm sure he would appreciate my plight. There you go. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get to the Facebook roundup. Uh, this week, each week we post a thread on Facebook letting you know we're recording, and you can get on there, and if you post, we'll talk about it. First of all, baseball started last week from Kevin Freeman. Predictions on your Mariners. Who will win it all? Um, I think the Mariners are going to finish 500. Uh, I think they, they might finish a little bit above. I think they might be like 83 and 79, which would be uh, which would make me happy. Um, and, I will uh, bet you $2 that they finish below. 500. All right. You're on. All right. Um, and I think that the Washington Nationals are going to make it to the World Series this year, and they're going to win it, and that means that the Seattle Mariners will be the only franchise in Major League Baseball that has never been to a World Series. How are the Nationals doing right now? Uh, they're in first place. I think they're like 6-2 and two or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. They're a good Go team. Brewers. They're a very good team. Go Brew Crew. Um, Kevin, let us know who you're rooting for, unless it's the Angels or the Rangers. Angela Martinez, who also decided to say, talk about the bracket, hee hee, because her brother, Jacob Jones Martinez, won the bracket with uh, Jesse Loves Munchkin. I'm pretty sure that the Angels and Rangers are anagrams. Quite possibly. Of each other. Well, I cannot support that. It would be the Rangelers. The Rangels. Yeah. Ollie James says, uh, thoughts on season three of Game of Thrones so far. Ollie, you don't want to hear our opinion. You want to hear from people who actually uh, live and breathe Game of Thrones. And that you will find that on the Night's Watch podcast on the Ball Boom Network. Yeah, that's, that's the proper place to go. Go there and Mad Brew will fill your ears with hours of fun and uh, solitude and <laughs> dragons. Mm-hmm. So do it, Ollie. Um, and I think Ollie's from England, so good on you, bro. Yeah, uh, the international crew representing. There you Enjoy go. Enjoy your GBP. Uh, Kenneth Brooks says, yay, something to listen to, along with your back episodes on my long trip to New Jersey. Kenneth, sorry you're going to New Jersey. but Every trip to New Jersey is a long trip to New every- Jersey. <laughs> but at least uh, we could fill your ears with happiness. Thank you for writing in, Kenneth. Joe Green says, "How do you guys feel about the rumors of always-on requirements for next for the next Xbox?" Eh, I think it's pretty lame. I yeah, I I don't have any strong opinions one way or the other. Well, that's good. I I think that they made a good point where like it's really not a problem for me. I live in Seattle. My Xbox is hooked up to my modem all the time. It's not a big deal. If you live in an area where you can only get DSL. It's fundamentally wrong. Also, I do live in an area where you can only get DSL. You know it because one car hit one telephone pole in this town <laughs> on your wedding day and the entire internet of oh, the yeah, that's town true. went down. That's true. Yeah, but imagine if that then you can't play uh, Halo 7. 
What if I wanted to play Xbox on your wedding day, Eric? Pro tip, I did. Ah. But you couldn't play your Xbox 720 on my wedding day. Nope. Diana Red Blue, or Red, Red, Red Bull. Sorry. I think uh, Red Blue is good. Well, I think it's funny because we're getting a lot of colors here. We have Joe Green and <laughs> Diana Red Blue. Um, uh, have you guys uh, talked about cocktails you enjoy? Jesse, why don't you get a little cocktailology for, for Diana here? Well, a little mixology. My, my favorite is a dirty gin martini. Mm hmm. Uh, besides that. that, I don't know. I mean, my, I love, my uh, cocktail decision-making process depends on what I have available to me. Have you been looking at any beer tales? I have. Um, I kind of forgot exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> well, you got the classic Boilermaker, which is just uh, whiskey and beer. See, now I watched freaking, um, what's it called? Bar mm-hmm. Rescue. And this, like, master mixologist guy said it's not whiskey in beer, it's whiskey and beer. Nah, you put it in the beer. I don't know, man. <sighs> Apparently that guy's never had an airport special. <laughs> uh, I personally, you know, if you're by the pool, you got to love a margarita. But that's the dumbest thing to say. <laughs> Ooh, my, favorite co- I- my favorite cocktail is margarita. Uh, my favorite, co- I, I love this. I love a salty dog, which is interesting because I don't love vodka, but I love a salty dog, which is vodka and grapefruit juice and salt. Mm, um, see, that's, yeah. A spinoff of the Greyhound. Greyhounds, I like. And when I was a, when I was a younger man, I used to love Alabama Slammas. Which I don't is, know what that is. It's uh, Southern Comfort, orange juice, and slow gin. Mm, see, it, apparently you, it's a grandma drink, but I really like. it. <laughs> my grandma drank uh, straight up whiskey. Uh, you used to be a whiskey sour guy. Oh, uh, whiskey sour is a good standby. If I'm getting a well drink, whiskey sour is right there. And of course, shot in the arm, Jaegerbaum. All of these are very pedestrian. I'm sure Diana has better cocktail suggestions. Diana, please write us and let us know uh, what we should be drinking. Levi says, if you haven't tried it, you should uh, give highgroundsgame.com a run through. You can get in a couple of games in 20 minutes. Penny Arcade recommended it a week ago. I actually played through this, um, and uh, and Jim Jones from uh, from Bald Move said uh, that it reminded him of Magic. There are like some very similar Magic elements to it. Basically, each turn you get... Uh, gold to spend on characters and the characters are randomly generated and they each have a defense and an offense and whether they're in the battlefield or whether they're in your town they do different things and so you have to decide whether you want them in the battlefield or the town but it seems pretty cool and it seems like a great time waster nice I'll have to check that out it's free it's online Amy Baker says I guess I shouldn't have been so mean about Louisville last week Amy was in first place and now she's not so, Amy, you, you had such a valiant effort. You just should have put the Cardinals in there for uh, for first, and then you probably would have won. Oh, Amy. Um, next one. Ever tried Granville Island Brews? Jesse, have you ever tried that? No. Well, apparently we need to give it a shot. Went to a tasting yesterday and had the best winter ale of my life. Try it if you know what's good for you. Spring Ringham. Excellent name, Spring. That's a really cool name. Spring Ringham. Uh, cats, dogs, drafts. Jesse Thoughts. I like them all. Yeah. I like cat dog. Mm-hmm. I like. I also like uh, dog draft. Yeah, I like cat draft more. Yeah, cat draft is pretty cool. Um, and it, then, it, it was a little dirtier. Finally. Yeah, totally. Adult Swim. <laughs> Finally. That would be a great adult swim. <laughs> cat draft. 
cat giraffe. Alone in the world with the little cat giraffe. Uh, Michael King says, I like toast with jelly. I like eggs and ham. Thank you so much for that uh, thread, guys. Facebook roundup this week. Please get in touch with us. Give us a call. Uh, 360-362-0024. We love to hear your voice on our podcast. Please do it, people. We love that. Um, you can also send us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page for Personal Arrogance, and we also have the Facebook page for Bald Move. We post on both. But if you like both, then we like you double. Um, want to thank Brett Brown and Joe Green. More colors. Brown and green um, for liking us on Facebook. And uh, and then, of course, we need to talk about the Bald Move Network, people. Bald Move is your move for all the TV that's on right now. Every show basically has a Bald Move podcast that's associated with it. Really want to highlight the Mad Men Happy Hour podcast. Mad Men Happy Hour. I mean, Mad Men is such a good show. And now, like... All of the seasons leading up to the season are on Netflix. So we like got into Mad Men again, and I realized what an amazing show this is. I love Mad Men. And uh, if you want to hear Aaron's dulcet tones lulling you to sleep with delicious Mad Men trivia, that's not what this podcast is about. It's about actual coverage of the show. So listen to it. <laughs> uh, also, as we mentioned before, the Night's Watch, Mad Brew will yell at you, and you will love it. Night's Watch. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, do that. Um up yours downstairs. They're not just uh, they're not just a Downton Abbey cast. Now they're talking about Selfridges, which is the new uh, masterpiece show that's on PBS. So listen to that. The Because Show. If you like us, but you're a lady, you'll love the Because Show. And even if you're a guy, you'll find things that you love in it, just like I do. So listen to the Because Show, um, and then the Bald Move TV podcast. It, it, there's so many things. There's so many things on Bald Move. Go to baldmove.com. Listen to the Bald Move Family podcast. <sighs> it's amazing. Jesse, recos? Yeah, let's get to it and call it a cast. Okay, what's your first reco this week? Uh, speaking of TV, Venture Brothers on Netflix, watch oh. it, season one, watch it. You did it. You murked my you murked my, my reco, dude. That was my first reco. Mm, it was a good one. It's so good. Venture Brothers is so good, dude. I watched yeah, I'm really episode. hoping they get more seasons on. I know. I, I think season two was my favorite but season four was really good also. I just love the composition of each episode, how they – like I remember periodically watching uh, Venture Bros on Adult Swim and being like, oh, these characters, I'm sure there's some kind of huge backstory for all these guys. And I'm sure that it does become more of a backstory as the show goes on. But they just throw the characters in there. That's how they develop characters. Yeah. They're like this larger-than-life character is now just <laughs> in the intro to the show and you instantly love them. What's fun about it is most of those characters are at least somewhat spoofs of yeah. other characters. So you kind of have a little bit of their backstory because they are parodies. Yeah. I also love the uh, $6 million man who's in love with the Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> you could have told me that Sasquatch was a man. <laughs> he doesn't have anything you haven't seen before. Sasquatch is something I haven't seen before. <laughs> anyway. Those are quotes. <laughs> they hit me with a truck inside. With a truck. Listen to it and watch it. So I guess that takes both. me to my second. Yeah, what's your second reco, baby? Dude, I watched Wreck It Ralph last night. It was really good. Oh, isn't it good? I I was almost crying the entire time. It's so good. Like it's that, that like Pixar, like twanging your heart kind of thing. It's not even Pixar, dude. It's just Disney Animation Studios. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Man, they're really biting Pixar style. Oh, well, Pixar kind of runs Disney Animation Studios, but it's not an official <laughs> Pixar title. Well, whatever. Yeah. It's all the same beast at this point. Yes, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, it's like n- classic nostalgia, and it's, it's just really well done. I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, I'm so excited. And then My Psycho Reco uh, is a movie that I think we talked about last week on our um, summer movie preview, but Elysium, the new movie from Neil Blomkamp, uh, District 9 director. It is now on the trailers up on YouTube. Oh, I'm so excited about this movie. It's, it's really interesting because Blomkamp was apparently working on a Halo movie. Um, that got shut down, mm. and his new movie has a giant uh, Halo-like ship that orbits Earth in it. Cool. But it's it's completely different than the other Halo. But it's still cool. Let's let's draw some parallels, shall we, um, once we see the movie. I'm excited about it, so check out the trailer online. I think that's it, guys. Thank you for listening this week. Please feed us back. Uh, we love it when you give us topics to talk about, and we love to hear your voice on the phone. And please remember that wherever you go and whatever you do, please stay stay arrogant. arrogant.